in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Hi, everybody! Hello, welcome back to the show. <laughs> how 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 have you been, Nora? Well, I have been a little bit chilly, I gotta say. <laughs> And a little bit bummed now that Chinese New Year is over,、mm-hmm. but overall, long gone. <laughs> yeah, overall good. Looking forward to this new year, the year of the monkey. Indeed. What about you, Holly? Yeah, good. I'm good. Yeah, again, b- bit chilly, but I'm wrapped up, so it's okay. <laughs> awesome. So, what do we have to talk about today?、Uh, we've got a bit of a, s- a silly story. So a Volkswagen driver in Guangxi chops away at a car with a hatchet following a minor fender bender. Oh oh! <laughs> so I want to preface this by saying that although in the past we've talked about how drivers are quite placid in China, I think from experience they're quite、mm-hmm. they, there's like this unwritten there are unwritten rules it seems like just some kind of agreement between drivers like we're gonna pull out on each other but it's okay we're gonna get on with it. But very <laughs> recently actually I've seen a lot of. A lot more situations where people are getting really angry with each other. The other day, in fact, I was walk on the way to the metro, and I, I'm not exactly sure what had happened, but it looks as though one car had tried to like go on the. They were turning onto like the main road,、mm-hmm. and maybe the the on the in, the guy on the inside was like taking his time about it. So some guy like tried to nip round, and obviously there was a bit of an issue. I don't think they'd hit each other, but they were out of the car. The One of the guy was like, I, I could hear him shouting anyway. <laughs> so the, you know these things are becoming more prevalent, I guess. Not necessarily with hatchets. So here's the rest、wow. of the story. So another typical day on China's chaotic roads turned a shade more violent when the driver of a Volkswagen was bumped from behind by another driver while bobbing and weaving through traffic. The driver, upon impact, exited the car with what seems to have what seems to be a small hand axe. <laughs> <laughs> and then attempted to、uh, extricate the the other driver from his vehicle. Unable to pull open the door, the madman went to town on the car's exterior,、oh, <laughs> chopping at its windshield and exterior while the frightened driver tried to make his getaway. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Road rage is an all,、uh, is an all too common phenomenon in China. I can't necessarily agree with the the writer of this article because I haven't seen it at, like very often. I yeah, I've seen it, but not. To the same scale. I mean, the things that they do on the road here. So many people put up with such, just like selfish behavior on the road.、Yeah. They never look behind themselves.、Yeah. So if they're pulling out onto, you know, they're you're coming off of a ramp and you're pulling out onto the main road. They never look behind to see if somebody is already in that far right lane. Yeah. They just pull right out in front and. They also like to cut across lanes, basically just like、Definitely. sideways, just like four or five lanes, just veering,、yeah. and so all the cars behind have to slam on their brakes. So very inconsiderate、Absolutely. drivers, and so th- those kind of things would definitely. I don't see. Yeah, if if somebody would have done that in the states, people would、right. get out of their car、oh, yeah, and have a fist fight. Probably the same in the UK too. Yeah, it's just not tolerated. But here, pe- most for the most part, people are just they're just like Zen Buddhas. They just don't. They don't、mm-hmm. make any. They don't even flinch.、Mm. So it's yeah. I I think I've seen them when they actually do hit each other. 
I've seen a lot of arguments because yeah. they're usually trying to play who's a tough guy and who's going to... Because usually they settle things out of court. Yeah. So I think if you're really kind and soft, then the other party is going to try and run over you and try and, like... Mm-hmm. Not not literally. Not literally, yeah. <laughs> But try to, like, get as much cash from you as possible because they usually just settle with cash if they can help it. So I do see this bear, like, bear-like attitude just kind of yelling at each other. But in general, yeah, if there isn't a collision or anything, then they don't seem to be bothered as mm. much, which drives me crazy. <laughs> So yeah, I agree. It's not. I don't. I don't yeah. necessarily say. Oh, there's so much road rage here. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there is either. Because if you put a, an American driver or an English driver in a car in China, they are gonna be upset the entire time. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah, definitely. It's awful. I don't think I could drive here. I think I've said that quite a few times actually. Yeah, I think I'd just be. I'm not the most relaxed person in the world anyway. So I imagine I'd just be like. A massive ball of tension. Driving on in China. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It'd be perfectly fine if you don't mind slamming on your brakes every five minutes because <laughs> somebody pulls right out in front of you. Yeah. Or, you know, because they don't like lanes either. They don't stay in their lanes. They're always drifting from one lane to the other or half in one lane, half in another, which also drives me nuts. Yeah. But they, I, I, always, I think that uh, that's also reflected as pedestrians as well. Like, oh. I find Chinese, like, pedestrians are equally as, like, I know it's not that as dangerous, of course, but this, like, inability to walk in a straight line from one place to the other. <laughs> yes. I find this. And at, the, at a constant pace. Right. I'm finding it more and more, like, irritating and, like. They just veer over right, to the left or and just stop when you're walking behind right. them and you have to also put on your brakes exactly so you're trying to, and you're trying to get around them but they're like weaving for no good reason yeah yeah it's very so yeah I, find, I think that chinese pedestrians and drivers are this exactly the same <laughs> <It's true>. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to generalize but oh come on come on <sighs> yeah Indeed. right funny well, I've never seen anybody take a, a hatchet to, yeah, me neither. to another. I'm surprised. That's, that's you know, pretty excessively I, violent. I've never seen any major, like, violence here. No, me Have neither. You? No, no. I've seen two girls going at each other at a <laughs> bar. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like pulling each other's hair and slapping each other. But that was once at a nightclub way back. Mm, probably like 2012 think. or something like that. But, um... Yeah, I mean, they get drunk, but most of the time they just, they maybe argue a bit, but most of the time... And cry. And cry, yeah. They just uh, p- have their arms around each other. Mm. And then they're asleep the next yeah. minute. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I think the Chinese, the dr- the drunken phase, at least in southern China, is very, very short. Yeah. It's like you're sober, and then for about five minutes you're tipsy, and then you're just, like, drunk, but, like, so drunk that you can't even walk right. straight, and then you're passed out all within, like, yeah. half an hour. A, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you see, if uh, there are times when I'm coming home from work, and so it's only, like, 7.30, and I, I've seen guys, like, carrying someone else. Like, they've yeah. obviously been for, like, a business dinner or something, <laughs> but it's 7.30 on an evening, and the guy's, like wasted yeah i've been in those business dinners where people start drinking by joe and then after half an hour everybody's drunk and i'm just sitting there like oh yeah <laughs> and they love uh, i mean i don't know about you nora but i've been for not uh, not for a business dinner but just with chinese people and the the idea that you can like drink with them like is really impressive mm-hmm. i have a 
Uh, I know a family, and if the father is there, he does a lot of business. If he's there, he would always like me to drink with him. This is so. This is like sometimes just in the after, like twelve o'clock. Like we've had lunch, and he wants me to start drinking with him. <laughs> and he's like, he always asks me, "Oh, like, do you want? Would you like to drink?" And I'm always like, "Oh God, no!" Uh, not not because I'm go- I'm gonna get wasted, just because it's twelve thirty, and I have the whole afternoon ahead of me, and I know that if I drink, I'm gonna probably want to nap at some point because it's gonna <laughs> just hit me. Um, but they love it, like, oh, yeah, Holly Holly can drink, like, really well. And I'm like, is this, is this what I want to be so proud of, <laughs> like, mm. that I can drink pie, Joe? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, I remember one business dinner in particular, there were eight people around the table, and they were all drinking shots of pie, Joe, mm-hmm. and everybody was toasting me. So that means I took one shot for everybody else's <laughs> eight, and I still drank them under the table, mm-hmm. which is pretty, I mean... I, it doesn't surprise me. I, I mean, I just... I, I find the way they drink is just a bit, I don't know, dan- not da- yeah, dangerous isn't the right word. It's just, they don't. I don't feel like the idea is to enjoy alcohol. It's mm. just to basically drink as much as possible. It's kind of like being in the northeast of England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how much, similar how many drinks Wisconsin. can I get in yeah. within this two hour period of happy hour? Yeah. <laughs> But they're only at the happy, giggly stage or the drunken stage for a very short period of time. So I feel like it's not enough time for them to get into trouble. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Whereas, like, right. our, you know, in us, it's like you can be drunk for hours and hours on end. So you can concoct a whole lot of great ideas when you're wasted to, like, <laughs> try out. Yeah. So they're pretty, they're pretty easy to control when it comes to drinking. Yeah, you don't get that kind of, like, mm. fist fight mentality at all. Yeah. In general, they're not very physical yeah. people. Back to the driving thing and combined with drinking, I think they've just they've introduced this. I think it must already exist in the U.S., um, but the where you can go out and drink and then you call a service and they come and... Uh, they'll drive you home and they have like these foldable electric bikes. Oh, nice. Um, I, I, but I'm, I'm fairly sure the idea came from the US, but they've started to do this. I don't know how many Chinese businessmen will do it because I almost feel like in a way it's like you might lose a bit of face if you call someone to drive you home. I don't know, but I don't think that they drive when they've been drinking. No, I feel no. like they just have their own drivers, right. like a businessmen. But I think this is a good a good idea, a good, mm-hmm. a good service. Mm-hmm. And taxi, you know, it's you don't need to drink drive for you. The, the taxis are so, they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No one would need to do that. Funny. <laughs> well, that's an interesting story for mm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So do we have a question this week? Yeah, we do. So I'm going to apologize in advance. Um, so for, for, for the pronunciation of, of, <laughs> of this name, I'm going to try, okay? It's about 20 characters uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Holy just going to go for the first one, okay? <laughs> so, uh, uh, Godiron? Godiron? Oh, try? You want to try now? I'm so sorry. Godirone? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, Godirone ti mozae feb. Nice. From Botswana. Yeah, from Botswana. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, we, we're so sorry. We're on the wrong continent for pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> yeah, and especially considering this uh, question slash message is really, like, uh, well-written in English. And so that makes me feel even worse. <laughs> okay, so uh, the message is, 
goes uh, from Botswana in Africa. Hello, two white chicks in China. Holly and Nora, you're the best. I feel like the almost 7,000 miles dis- distance between China and Botswana is broken once I listen to your podcast. Keep up the great work. It's been almost two and a half years since I started learning Chinese in a part-time college class, and I enjoy it very much. What can I do to keep motivated in learning Chinese when I am so far from China? And to improve my Chinese proficiency level, both oral and written, how do I make sure that I put into practical practice <laughs> what practical I learn practice. Yeah, what I learn in class, i.e. Uh, s- such as uh, new... Uh, grammar and new words etc to avoid forgetting them as i continue to learn many more new concepts thanks mm, i like S- this yeah it's a it's a nice question so it's another chinese learning question mm. but i think a lot of the things that we'll say would apply to any other language that you would yeah, want to learn i think so and props to you mr or miss I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to try pronouncing it again. Maybe you could leave us a message, uh, like, just a, on if you go to the voicemail page, writtenchinese.com. Yeah, this voicemail. wouldn't have happened if you had yeah, left us a voicemail. Just, <laughs> it, maybe you can just tell us uh, how to pronounce your name, because then next episode um, we will correct, correct our <laughs> terrible pronunciation. Yeah. But props to you for learning Chinese while living abroad. <clears throat> I know some yeah. of, some of you out there are also doing the same, and it is not a an lot. easy task. Yeah, and actually, I did learn a little bit before coming to China too, so I know it's it's definitely not easy. Mm-hmm. I took uh, like a introductory course just to opinion before nice. coming to to China, and that was a really good thing to do just to get kind of a, a short introduction yeah that's a good idea i yeah. just came armed with my phrase book nice and didn't i mean the the problem was is that i had no i didn't do anything like you so even the opinion was like for foreign to me <laughs> like mm-hmm. i had no idea so all the phrase everything in the phrase book i didn't even know how to say so it was like how do i even use the book yeah learning that opinion is definitely the first step definitely and that's Absolutely. actually one of the brilliant things about Chinese is once you learn that, if you can pronounce all of the pinyin words, then you can pronounce every single word ever in Chinese, mm-hmm. unlike in English and other languages where they borrow, borrow sounds and <clears throat> words morph over time and they you know take on different pronunciations. So it's difficult to read English accurately when it's not your native language. But Chinese, if you know the pinyin, you can read it perfectly. Yeah. So that's kind of nice. So, let's talk about it. What do you think, Holly? What's a good way? Because we also, even living in China, it's easy when you reach a certain level to just kind of stagnate. Like, Mm. I speak and you speak enough to get around and, you know, live comfortably. So, really, we don't need to learn more Chinese. So... We understand what it's like to yeah. try and push ourselves to stay motivated because we also it, it's it's easy to find yourself in that plateau mode where you're not really getting better. Like you're still you're you're maintaining what you have, but you're not really pushing it to the next level. Yeah, and also it's very easy to become complacent and comfortable living in a big city. I'm, mm-hmm. I've mentioned this I probably in the episode forty seven about even though there are lots of people here that have come from. Uh, the villages and don't speak any English. Mm-hmm. There are lots of people here who do want to practice their English if they see a foreigner. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to 
sometimes to go somewhere and to actually speak Chinese because they want to speak English. Oh, is so this rare? It depends on where you are. But yeah, yeah. It depends. Yeah, of course, of course. But yeah, it can happen. It's true. Um, so, what would you suggest to to keep motivated? Mm. Um, I think uh, a good way is to use different resources. Mm. So, um, TV, which we've talked a lot about. Yeah, there are some Chinese great articles TV. on RittenChinese.com about different. You can read a little synopsis about each of the TV shows to get an idea what mm-hmm. it's about before you dive in. But yeah, TV is a great, especially reality TV. Then you're getting mm. daily language, and so you're getting yeah. all of those, like what was mentioned about the new words and uh, grammar, new words grammar, and grammar. Yeah. yeah. So you get the mm. new any of the new vocab. Like Chinese people really love. Um, new slang. Definitely. But what's cool is um, in China because nobody really like everybody speaks Mandarin, but it's no nobody's real like um, mother tongue besides mm-hmm. maybe some small population in Beijing or just north of Beijing. Then that's cl- pretty close to Mandarin, but because it's everybody's kind of like second dialect, the language is very slow. To pick up, like it picks up new word, but then the word will stick for a really long mm. time. So you have new quote unquote new slang, but it'll have been around for six months to a year, and people are using it quite a bit. Whereas I feel like in the states there are a lot of new, um, and in the UK I'm sure because mm. your language is even more flowery than ours. <laughs> you guys, I mean, you guys are great at coming up with slang, but um, I feel like it's much faster paced. Mm. So in China, it's like. You you'll learn a new slang word, but that word will be in circulation for a really really long time. Yeah. So in that sense, it's it's kind of nice as a as a learner because yeah, of course there's new slang coming in, but it just like it gets circulated. It yeah, and then yeah. it goes around the whole country and it comes <laughs> back, and it's still you know people still find it cool and funny. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing. It seems like. Um, I feel like a lot of slang in the U.S. and the U.K. and probably in other countries, slang tends to be quite regional. Mm. Whereas I don't. This is this is just a shot in the dark here, but I think that uh, the slang in Chinese seems to be like everywhere. Like people are using. I mean, I guess in the big cities. I don't know about. I'm sure all the, the dialects areas. have their own slang, so I guess yeah. that's kind of regional. But in terms of yeah. Mandarin, I, I right. agree with you. It seems to like get washed over the whole country Mm -hmm. they're all saying the slang word and it doesn't go out of style as quickly as in in the states like in the states i feel like after maybe a year or two people just don't say the phrase or the word anymore and if you do it sounds kind of dated Mm -hmm. but in chinese it it seems to last quite a bit longer so that's kind of nice yeah 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 so tv is one uh, one resource but mm-hmm. um, there are some like great mp3s out there like, yeah. that you can use um, not just like um, dialogues or, or educational but those that will give you like um, an explanation I guess like uh, Ch- Chinese pod kind of break down sentences and things don't they? Yeah Chinese pod is great I don't know how much it costs I know it's paid service yeah. but it Chinese spot is a really nice audio program mm-hmm. depending on your level of Chinese um, there's this site slow Chinese and it has um, mp3s that you can download for free and it's pretty cool it's basically just they it's it's ongoing it's uh, it's up to date <clears throat> so each week 
they I don't know if it's one or two, but they put out at least one audio dialogue and they're talking about something that's current, mm. but they're just speaking really slowly. I mean, not super slow, not as slow as <laughs> I like it, but they're definitely speaking slower than a native. I mean, they're, they're native speakers, but they're speaking slower than they would in everyday life. Mm. So it's cool because you can like listen to the, you can listen to the dialogue. Once you listen to it, maybe two or three times, you really start to understand mm. what's going on there. And they try to use simpler words, nice. but there's no English explanation, Okay. which is nice for people who are not English native speakers who are just learning Chinese. Yeah. Then they can, they don't have to worry about translating from English a second language to mm. <laughs> to Chinese, um, but it is it is definitely more for upper intermediate intermediate upper min- intermediate students. This is um, this is a podcast. It's I maybe they have a podcast. I'm not sure, but they just throw the MP3s online, oh. and you can just download them directly. Okay, cool. I'll um, I'll uh, put the link on the uh, writtenchinese.com/slash/episode forty nine. Definitely, and then people can check that out. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, the kind of resources have you used? For, uh, what do you use currently? Yeah, um, I do use, so I listen to slow Chinese quite a bit. I like listening to audio just because it's something that I can do while doing something else, mm. like while washing the dishes or while on my commute. Yeah. So I really like that. But I, I completely agree with you. It's just like keeping some kind of a variety to your learning is really important. Yeah, I think it's just to get involved. Yes, yeah, so I've learned from I've learned from books. I have a hard time sitting down with a book, um, but sometimes I'll get a new book just to kind of like refresh my enthusiasm. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of books that I've started and not finished. <laughs> me too. But uh, I think it's part of the journey for me. It just doesn't. I, I lose steam, so I need to kind of infuse myself with something new. So yeah, I look at different apps. Um, I've been playing with Scritter, which is like a writing app. And then, of course, I have my flashcards on the Written Chinese Dictionary app. Um, and, yeah, just like sometimes I look, there's some other like Mandarin skill and like Chinese bites or something or something. I usually just do occasionally look on the app store to see if, there, new, yeah. if there's anything new. Mm. So far, I haven't found anything that's great. Yeah. I wish there was a Duolingo for Chinese because Duolingo oh, is really yeah. cool, but I've it doesn't it. work for Chinese because it has so so Chinese has that extra component of the characters, so mm. you can't. And with the pinyin, you need to have the, the tone marks, and many pinions with the same tone marks have different mean, like are connected to different characters. So the way that they do it doesn't really work for Chinese, but I wish there was something like that. Yeah. I use, um, I've tried Memrise. Oh, yeah, Memrise that's, is cool. That's quite a, a nice one. And um, I, I do that, like, in the morning just to kind of get myself thinking. Um, you can, like, set, like, uh, 15 minutes or 5 minutes or 15 minutes or half an hour a day or something. So, like, um, so I just do, like, 15 minutes. Of course, I do other things as well, like, I also do like uh, a st- study in our in the uh, written Chinese dictionary, mm-hmm. but it's it's a bit different because it kind of looks at all the different like radicals and puts out. You have to put everything together. It's actually it's good. It feels like it's good brain training for the morning. <laughs> <laughs> like 
Yeah. And there, that, that's the one where it's like you're watering your plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's really cute. Yeah. It says it's like connects your learning to like a garden. That's so it. if you haven't watered your plants for a while, then they like start to die. So mm-hmm. you have to like keep watering your plants. And they throw words back at you from yeah. previous lessons. So it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, yeah, that that's definitely a good one. We'll put all these links to Chinese learning stuff um, right in Chinese.com slash episode 49. So if you're interested, you can check those out. Yeah. Um, I also think it's important to um, find, like, somebody who's willing. Like, there are two people that I try to look for when learning a new language. One person is, like, your language um, godmother. Yeah, like, Uh fairy godmother. It's somebody who is patient enough. Who, to sit and it, who does not speak your native language but is patient enough to sit and explain things to you. Maybe somebody who's older. You know, older people are great because they tend to move, like they have more time. They they move slower through through their day-to-day life So in general. So they'll take the time to sit with you and explain something to you. And some of them, I'm sure, just like the contact with like young people. And learning about other cultures too, so it's it's nice to find somebody who who will kind of like parent your language journey, who will be willing to like sit with you. And the second person is to find somebody who is also learning the language, but who's better than you to learn from mm. and be inspired by. So that I think is those two people really help to motivate you to continue learning. Yeah, and being in a class. Um, I mean, I, I would imagine that having your classmates um, would be, like, maybe you can create some kind of, like, um, try to think of the word. Like, I don't know, to give each other support, I suppose. Mm. Um, it's nice being in a class, too, because of competition. Competition, yeah. I think it's pretty good and, um, motivator. I've recently forgotten this word. It's probably when we recorded the last podcast. Um where if you've got someone it's it's a something for yourself like a Nora you're gonna pluck it out of my brain am I yeah <laughs> so like sorry I'm not sure what you're getting at. <laughs> so the what I'm saying is if um if okay so I want say I want to uh Nora and I are in a gr- group together and I, my goal is to write ten characters a day, and oh. Nora has to say. Nora can check in with me and be like, to "Did like you write your ten you characters today?" I wrote accountability. Thank yes. you. Yeah. So yeah, if you're in a group with other people, it's like accountability as well. So if you don't do your homework and everyone else does your, does the homework in the class, like yeah. you're gonna feel a bit silly. Yep. Yeah. That that kind of peer pressure really helps. Positive <laughs> peer pressure. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I think Holly will agree. If let's say you're studying, let's say you are by yourself, you don't really know anybody else who's studying Chinese. Maybe your class has finished, mm. um, and they're not offering one right now, or you can't afford it, or something like that, or you don't have time. Uh, one of the best ways to keep motivated is to pick some kind of a learning goal. Agreed. And w- some of the best learning goals for Chinese are taking the proficiency exams. So the proficiency exam in Chinese is becoming more and more internationally recognized, and it's called the HSK. And maybe Holly can tell us a little bit about HSK. 
Because um, Holly has taken okay, it before. All right. Yeah, I've taken one. Uh, so it's uh, there are six levels. Um, so each level has a certain amount of vocabulary that you have to learn. Uh, so the first level is, I think, 150 words, then 300, then 600, then um, 1,200. It doubles anyway, and it sounds like a lot, a heck of a lot to learn, but um, those words include the like the last level too. Um, yeah, and there are three parts, four parts maybe. So after the second level, um, you don't have to do any writing because it's still pinion, but once you get to HSK3, there's no pinion, it's all characters. Um, and you have to do uh, listening, a, lis a listening part, uh, reading, and writing. The oral exam is separate, and that's called HSKK, but I have never done that one. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they do those separately for some reason, so you have to, you can just do like a written style exam and then apply for the the oral exam and there's only whilst there are three uh, there are six like written exams there are only three oral exams so it's like hsk one and two is the first oral exam three and four again like the next oral exam so mm -hmm. yes so um, there are centers for hsk all over, all the, over world. the world yeah actually i'll put a link well we've written several articles on written chinese about taking an hsk exam and it differs, like, depending if you're, like, in the rest of the world compared to with China. Um, but it's very easy to apply. Like, um, there are, anyway, I'll, I'll put those the links on the uh, episode 49 page. Mm -hmm. um, so you can look into it. And it's not very expensive to take the exams either. Mm -hmm. And when you pass, you get a certificate yeah. that you can put on your resume and also... Um, the last time I applied for a work visa, they one of the questions from the government was, are you HSK4 or higher mm -hmm. certified? So China is finding it more and more important, too. So you might have a better opportunity to come live and work in China if you have this certification. Mm. And we've preloaded all of the vocabulary for free for all the HSK levels 1 through 6 into the written Chinese dictionary. So you can check that out and then, you know, kind of get a feel for what vocabulary you'll need to learn for each level. And then you can try finding a center nearby and setting an exam date for yourself so that you have a goal that you know you have to reach mm. by a certain date. Yeah, and it's not like, well, if you're on your own, like if, as Nora said, if you're not with a class anymore, there are lots of books and uh, online tests for you to take in preparation. Mm -hmm. Actually, you can really like prepare yourself because it's not, there's no, there are no tricks. Like it's mm -hmm. actually the vocabulary you need to learn is what you need to learn. Like, yeah, it's, it's exactly what you need to learn. And the format is always the same. There's like, you know, the, the first section is always the listening section. This, the second part is always a reading section. Like it's, it's exactly the same format. So it's, it's quite nice. Gives you a sense of like, I don't know. You can achieve it. It's re it's it's achievable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely <laughs> setting some kind of a goal. Even if, let's say, you decide not to take the HSK, but you give yourself a character goal, like, okay, I'm going to learn a thousand characters by the end of this year or something yeah. like that, and then work your way backwards. Okay, so how many characters do I need to learn by July? And then, you know, you work yourself backwards, and it's mm. really it really helps to have, and, you know, you need to write that goal down, put it somewhere that you see it, and just like remind yourself that you really want to do this and remind yourself why you're doing it. 
And also, I think it's important because, you know, not everybody has a self-discipline to study a language consistently mm. in their free time. I personally struggle with it all the time. If I wasn't living in China, I definitely wouldn't be speaking the kind of Chinese that I'm speaking now. Um, but I think it's really important to force yourself on a daily basis to be confronted with the language. So, for example, let's say you have a app on your phone or on your computer that you're very, very familiar with. You know where all the buttons are. You know what the functions are. If it's simple, you could try switching the interface into mm. Chinese. <laughs> and... Um, you could then then start using the app just with the with the interface in Chinese. In the beginning, maybe you won't know what all the characters mean, but you'll remember where the functions were, and so you'll slowly get familiar with yeah. with with those. Like I've seen people switch their system, like their Androids or their iOS, into Chinese. It's you know be careful. Make sure you have a Chinese friend who can switch it switch back, it back. Yeah. <laughs> in case you get lost. Yeah. But for the most part, doing stuff like that mm. where you're like switching one small part of your day into Chinese, it's a great way to stay motivated. Or if you mm. journal or like keep any kind of a record, if there's some habit that you keep on a daily basis that you can switch into Chinese, then I highly suggest that you do it because that's that's a better way I think to establish a daily habit than to, yeah. you know, say, okay, I'm going to study for an hour every night, you right. know. If you have that kind of discipline, I envy you, but <laughs> a lot of us, we just kind of um, we find a lot of excuses yeah. for, for <laughs> not <Really>. studying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, if you if you do journal, you could write something in Chinese, like write your journal in Chinese. Yeah, exactly. I think. Or write your nice grocery idea. list in Chinese. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. I mean, you write it with opinion and everything. If you need to draw a little picture of an apple next to, to, <laughs> to the picture, but yeah, I think it's really great to yeah. to start doing some things that you normally do in your daily life, but just in Chinese. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things with characters is that um, you need to like continue to review even the ones you think that you know like mm. all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I I. I, I don't know a massive amount of characters, but even the ones I, I first started to learn, like I still have to, every set, like every session I have, I'll set time aside to to review like 10. Just remind 10 yourself, of the old yeah, characters. Definitely. Because uh, otherwise I know, like I could probably read them, but I also want to try and learn to write them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that I I really need to do. Otherwise, you you do you do you do forget very for sure. Easily. Pretty much for in the beginning, I try to just like memorize how they looked. Mm. But I I've now I have a story pretty much in my brain for every yeah. character. Every character I'll pull apart the radicals and I'll think about how the pieces work together. And now I'm seeing the more complex characters that I get, I see that they're built on the previous characters that I've learned, so it's really paying off. So mm -hmm. I already have the story built in my head, which is really easy for me to recall. Yeah. Um, because, it, you know, it just makes sense. And it's true, you still have to kind of memorize some abstract... It's But it's the same as learning numbers or letters. Eventually, it just becomes second nature. Yeah. The, the radicals are relatively simple to write, um, at least the the main like the main radicals, and so 
once you learn that foundation, once you have that, and you see those same radicals put into different characters, you just kind of begin to develop your own logic for how it's put together. So it's less about memorizing and more about understanding why the character looks like that and why the meaning is derived like that. And I've actually found that the, the more, like since I've done this, I'll see a character that I've never seen before and I'll actually be able to guess. Guess, yeah, you can guess. Yeah, mm. I mean... It, Sometimes I can guess the pronunciation. Sometimes I can guess the meaning. Usually I can't get both. Mm. But at least I have a hint as to what it is. And that's really cool. Like the other day I, I try to, like, one of the things that I like to do is read the, the headline of the news in Chinese, like the tech news, because I like to do that anyways. So I just, I've been trying to read the headlines in Chinese. And the other day I guessed the entire, like, there were a couple characters that I'd never seen before, but based off of the radicals and mm -hmm. of the characters around them, I was able to accurately guess it. And that was really cool. Because I was like, okay, awesome. I don't yeah. know what these are, but I can read this and I know what it means. Nice. So establishing that good foundation helps to keep you motivated because you have those kind of aha moments along the way instead of getting frustrated, like, oh, it's a new character. I don't know this one. I have to learn this one. You're able to kind of deconstruct it. And f I don't know, for my brain, at least, I find it really, it's like a puzzle. It's its kind of cool. Yeah, and it's very interesting when you start to look at, like, the origins of the the characters as well. I find mm -hmm. that um, has helped me remember some, like, uh, actually a lot of characters. There's, um, there were some books, but the names are f failing me. But it's a series of three, actually. They'd, I think they don't make, they don't make them anymore. Um, but they look at, different characters and the origins but they draw like little pictures but um actually what i was gonna say i'm gonna say now mm -hmm. is that um if you've got stories of your own you can leave them on our online dictionary oh we yeah, have, well, yeah we have deta detail what we call details pages which are just pages for every single character um and you if you've got stories or even if you've got a question like you can just ask, like, oh, how do I remember this? Because we're always there, like, we, and we'll see that someone's posted. Mm -hmm. And um, we can help you out with a story. Yeah, so pretty much for every, actually, for every single character, yeah. we have the these pages that have a comment section and that it's meant for you to put, to write down. Cause I almost use it, like, as my own, <laughs> like, notebook yeah. because I, I don't keep everything together a lot of times I'll have an idea oh yeah this is how I'm gonna remember this character mm -hmm. and then I won't write it down and later I'll go back and just check on the website and see what I had said yeah <laughs> or like draw a picture and you can see how other people remember it and you can also see pictures from other people how th what they've drawn and stuff mm -hmm. so it's it's really cool to yeah. see and there's no like right or wrong way to like remember the character mm -hmm. like your story might be completely different like uh stew our uh old colleague he was his some of his stories were just weird this is so funny <laughs> they were, but they were re they were very funny and it worked they worked for him mm -hmm. um but you could take one of the ideas that's on the page already and just like change it to work for you you know mm -hmm. so you can remember yeah and you can try putting the character in a sentence and then um champson our native speaker one of mm -hmm. our native speakers will check it for you and yeah. she'll give you suggestions for how to improve so it's pretty cool. I feel like that's one of the most underutilized part of our online dictionary. Absolutely. Yeah. So to access that stuff, if you search any word in the dictionary, then you just click the Learn More button next to any character, and you'll see those pages. It's pretty cool. Mm. 
Yeah, so do you have any other uh, suggestions for staying motivated, Holly? Um, I guess this was if you're not um, if you're not having a class anymore, um, you could consider getting like an online tutor. Oh that's yeah, the, that's the last thing I've got just to practice your oral Chinese. Yeah, even like a once a weeker. Yeah. Yep. Because then at least you know you've got something. Yeah, I think it's for motivation to look something to look f- forward to, and um, I don't know, maybe the teacher might give you homework. So at least you've got something to like. Yeah, as Nora said, sometimes it's very difficult to kind of. Uh, I don't know, s- learn on your own without without a teacher or without anyone else, like, mm-hmm. with a foot on your bum, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that I guess having an online tutor would could help with that. Mm-hmm. And cool. you could use uh, italki. They're a great online platform. And they, they have tutors for all languages, but they have a lot of Chinese t- uh, tutors on there. Yeah, and it's reasonably priced, if I remember. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And the last thing that I was thinking of um, when when I read this question was, um, I think sometimes to kind of reinvigorate yourself is to read books about learning languages. Because <clears throat> sometimes you get into habits and maybe it's not, you don't realize it, but it's not really working for you. And you kind of feel like you're treading water. So sometimes it's nice to actually like, take a week or two off from your Chinese learning and read a theory book about how language learning works or what's effective method mm-hmm. methods for learning language in, in general, just to kind of build on your strategies. Um, the Third Ear is a book that is written by, uh, actually is a friend of ours here, um, but it's really, really a good book about language learning in general. Um, and it's an easy read. It's it's uh, it's written in a it's a very easily digestible format, um, and it just talks about different. You know, it just kind of gives you a new perspective about language learning. So reading things like that really help to kind of re inspire your learning. Yeah, and there are a lot. Even if you don't want to read a whole book, there are lots of articles online. Mm-hmm. Um, of people that are learning languages and who can offer advice mm-hmm. for, for all all languages, of course, not just Chinese. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, yeah, that's that's they're my suggestions. Okay, well, I hope <laughs> that we have given you a little bit of something to think about. Yeah, I hope so. For those of you who aren't learning Chinese, get on it. <laughs> you can try. <laughs> you can try it a little bit, a little bit. You'll really impress your Chinese friends. Mm-hmm and colleagues if you learn a little bit um and today's word of the day i thought would just be to study which is a simple one but it's Xuexi. so Xuexi is to study so i hope that you all jayo which means to add oil which means to go on and uh continue with your chinese learning don't give up if you find yourself falling off the horse, just get back on. The main point is not to get frustrated with yourself, but to just keep going. Language learning is always a lifetime journey, so there's no there's no finish line. So set yourself some goals, push to those goals, keep going. And if you find yourself falling slack, getting a bit of you know off track, then just just pick up and start where you left off. I'll just leave us a message and. Nora will give you another pep talk. (laughs) (laughs) I will. I'll be there. (laughs) Awesome. Well, have a good week, everybody. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.